Welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm Alan Jansen, contributing editor to Cars Magazine and Jobber News. This is a podcast that brings you new ideas, comments, and concerns about the automotive repair and service industry, sponsored by SiriusXM Canada. SiriusXM is making it possible for you to offer your customers three months of free satellite radio. Go to SiriusXM.ca slash four shops for details. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Don Frisbee, owner of Frisbee Tire. This year, he and his team are celebrating a particularly impressive milestone, 100 years in the automotive repair and service business. The family business opened in 1920. They specialized in tire sales and service, and that was just a couple of years after a global flu pandemic. Fast forward 100 years, and here we are in the middle of another pandemic, but Frisbee Tire is still going strong. Very few automotive companies reach this tremendous milestone, and even fewer family businesses. So Don's part of a very elite club. I thought I'd give him a call to find out what it takes to last 100 years in this business. Hello, Don speaking. Hey, Don, it's Alan Jansen calling from Cars Magazine and Jobber News. How you doing? Well, good, Alan. So you guys are celebrating 100 years. That's not a very common milestone for people in our business to reach. God, no. It's certainly not. I mean, the big tire manufacturers, there's a, you know, a few of them have hit a, <laughs> have hit a hundred. But as far as uh, dealers go, I think there's just a, like I think a small handful. Yes, that's right. It's my great uncle's, my grandfather's brother, you know, that started up in 1920, and he was only about, God, I'm going to say three blocks from the Parliament buildings in Ottawa. Is that the same location that you're at now? No, no, we were at that location actually from 1920 to 1949. And all of that land around there was expropriated by uh, Veterans Affairs. The store used to be underneath part of a hotel and they had a fire in 1949. And that kind of forced them to move. But he only, he only moved about a block away. And that's where you're at today? No, we left that place in 67. That was a big change for Frisbee Tire. That's when my dad took over the business and he renamed it Frisbee Tire. It used to be known as Frisbee the Vulcanizer. So he did a name change, and we, we built the place where I'm sitting right now as our sort of our flagship store and head office. So in 1920, you guys were more involved in the repair and sale of tires. Exactly. I would imagine in the early days, you weren't doing much in the way of repairs to the vehicle itself. No, no. Automotive repairs, we didn't get into until, uh, oh, I'm going to say the late 50s, early 60s. Okay. All right. Yeah. So before that, it was uh, the sale and repair of tires. Yep. And we used to retread. We used to do retreading, too. Yeah, that's still quite common for heavy-duty tires, but in, in the passenger cars, that's gone. Pretty much. So the business was started by your great-uncle. What was his name? George. George Frisbee. George Frisbee. And George didn't have any kids of his own. I was going to ask. I've always said that that was probably one of the things that sort of led to, you know, a successful transition to the second generation. Because mm. quite often when there's two or three kids or whatever, it uh, it doesn't work out that well. Yeah. And I imagine if parents are dealing with their children, it's a little different than if their uncle is dealing with some young people. Absolutely. There's just a little more of a distance between them. Exactly. You can be more businesslike. Yeah, but he really treated my dad like like his his son, you know. Now, yeah, so you know your dad. So your did your grandfather get involved in the business at all? No. No, my grandfather was a baker in the little town of uh, of Campville and that's where my father grew up. He went off to World War II when he was uh, 19 or 20. And what was his name? Yeah, his name was Jim. And uh, and then he went to work for my uncle. 
So he was commuting to Ottawa in those days from Kempton. And when when did Jim take over the business? He took over in 1967. I, again, that was kind of that when that was the big year. He changed the name, you know, changed the branding. We had a logo that we still use. Okay. We also opened up a location close to downtown, so we could maintain the clientele we had down there. And that store's still going too. How many locations do you have? We have five uh, stores in Ottawa. And we have a large uh, distribution center for our wholesale business. Very good. Yeah, and uh, one of the stores is kind of a truck center, too. It does retail and commercial. Wow, so it's really it's really grown. Yeah. So your dad would have been very much involved at the time when mechanical repairs started to get uh, phased into the business. So this is after the war and before he took over, late 50s, early 60s. Was he part of the decision to expand the business into mechanical? Yep, yep, for sure. And was he very mechanically minded? No, none of us were. (laughs) (laughs) You were just the entrepreneurs. I mean, we all, I mean, I grew up changing tires and balancing (laughs) wheels and all that stuff. But no, I I never had much to do with with repairs, you know, I mean, changing the oil and simple things. Mm -hmm. And when did you get involved in the business uh, end of it? Oh, in 1967. (laughs) Oh, okay, with your dad. When your dad bought it, you came in uh, on his coattails. Well, I was 15 years old, and I I was working part-time in the summer, and and I actually worked at that store, at the old store downtown. And I remember I I got paid 60 cents an hour. (laughs) And that was like a king's ransom back then. Well, yeah, they all, all the guys would kid me. They uh, they said I was overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> and and what about your dad? How uh, is is he still with us? No, my dad passed away uh, unfortunately lung cancer in 1998. He was only 77. Oh, okay. He was yeah. still coming into work every day. He'd work till 10 or 11 and head to the golf course in the afternoon every weekday. Hmm. Nice. Now, by 98, were you? Uh, had you taken over largely? Well, I I think I, I took over as president in 1995, mm-hmm. and again, yeah, then my dad. Then it it really, uh, yeah, it really hit home when my dad was gone. Boy, that was a is mm. uh, I mean, all of them, you know, going back to my uncle, my grandfather, they weren't talkers; they were workers. Really, they're they're quiet uh, people. Yeah, exactly. Put your head down and get the job done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, when my uncle first started, his hours were uh, ten or seven in the morning till ten at night, <laughs> and it was six or seven days a week. It, he might as well have said, "We never close." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Don, are your kids involved? I've got uh, two girls and a boy. My son, uh, yeah, my son's worked here for about uh, thirteen years. My daughters both worked here, you know, off and on for a time, but they're. Uh, One's a, one's a mother, and the other one's working as a dental assistant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, who knows what's going to happen in the next uh, five to ten years. Okay. It's something that I think about a lot. I'm just I'm a little concerned about this size of a business and its chances for survival in the coming years. Yeah, well, I was going to say, with autonomous cars and telematics and electrification, some people are really worried about the future of the independent sector of the aftermarket. How do you see it playing out? God knows what's going to happen with vehicles. You know, I mean, you know, we could be dealing with huge fleets, you know, rather than individuals. Yeah, for sure. So not a lot of shops have this kind of history. Uh, do you think that having 100 years under your belt gives your shop credibility in the community? Absolutely. Or or do you still have to earn your customers like every other shop? Oh, yeah. you can never sit back on your on your name, you know. I mean... Yeah, you can't coast. Our name recognition in Ottawa is, 
amazing, but we're always advertising. Mm -hmm. 15 years ago, I started uh, doing radio ads, and we've been doing them ever since, and we do a lot of it. So the name is, uh, yeah, the name recognition and the reputation built up over the years is pretty special. There's certainly no surefire recipe for lasting 100 years. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Now, I understand that because of COVID, you can't celebrate it this year, but next year you're planning to do something special? Well, I have, you know, I had a gala planned, you know, we did we did a big gala for our 90th anniversary in 1990, and I'd planned to do one last year. Of course, we had to postpone it. And, you know, I've got a tentative date set for the end of April. I don't, you know, I'm thinking now that won't be doable. Well, I hope you do get a chance to celebrate with all your customers next year. And uh, certainly you've you've hit a, an amazing milestone. And I congratulate you for steering the ship well for, for as long as you have. Yeah, it's been quite an adventure. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet. Thanks very much for telling your story. I really appreciate your taking the time. All right. Pleasure. Talk to you later, Don. Thanks, Alan. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'd like to hear about your company history. And if you have a point of view that you'd like to share with the industry, let me know. You could be a guest on an upcoming podcast. Just drop me a note at alan at newcom.ca. You can subscribe to Auto Service World Conversations on Apple Podcasts or simply visit autoserviceworld.com every Monday morning to hear another conversation. As always, I want to thank SiriusXM Canada for sponsoring us, and you for listening. I'm Alan Jansen. See you next time.